Hello and welcome to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast, your place to laugh and learn. Everything we do is to make the lives of everyday parents easier. Without further ado, let's welcome our hostess with the mostess, Bree James. Well, welcome back to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast. Free James here. And on today's episode, I welcome back the wonderful, the amazing, the beautiful Dr. Rosina. Now, she is an author, parenting expert, and the CEO of Win Win Parenting. And today she joins us to chat about the importance of self-regulation and why our children need to learn this very important life skill. Let's get her on Zoom. It's time to get to class. So tell me, hello, so great to see you. Hello, so good to be back. So tell me, what is self-regulation? Because, you know, obviously it's not one of those things that we speak about very often. No, and I think, you know, there's many definitions, but let's keep it simple. Self-regulation is all about, well, first of all, the word self. So let's stick to that. So it's about what I do, you know. And it's about how I, first of all, am aware of and then can manage my emotions, my thoughts and my behaviours. Now, it's just not manage them willy-nilly. It's manage them in a way that is beneficial to me and hopefully doesn't harm anybody else. So it's that um, ability to identify my emotions, my thoughts and my feelings and then manage them in a way that's positive for me and others around me. Yes. So that sounds like a skill that everybody needs to learn. And obviously we see a lot of adults that haven't learned this important skill. Um, So a silly question, but why do our children need to learn this important skill? It's pretty obvious, right? Yeah, not a silly question. And I think it's really important to start reflecting on these things because out there in the world, a lot of the time, you know, we've got prompts from outside us of what our children need to learn. So we'll hear from the teachers, they need to learn reading, writing, maths, you know, all of that that they need to do, right? But we're not always hearing, well, actually, what's the most important skills that your children are going to need to succeed in life? And to be honest with you, I'd say self-regulation is probably up there with the most important Because even if you haven't learnt your reading, writing and arithmetic, if you're self-regulating, you will learn your reading, writing and arithmetic, right? But most importantly, when we can self-regulate, we can live a happy, healthy and successful life. And as you said, if we don't learn it in childhood, we take that into adulthood. And it's the same with any skill. If we haven't learnt to do something, We have to learn it at some stage. So I think you make a really good important point that, you know, while it might seem obvious or, you know, we might know why, actually the research tells us if you can regulate your emotions and your thoughts, you're going to be happier. If you can regulate your behaviours, your thoughts and your emotions, you're going to be healthier and you're going to be more successful. So good reason to be able to regulate yourself, right? Pretty good reason. Well, I think, you know, emotionally, behaviorally and, you know, um, psychologically, I guess, it's a really big strain, I think, when you aren't in control of how you're feeling and you aren't able to go, you know what, uh, that has impacted me, but being able to walk through it and manage it and not let it impact you really deeply. 
And I think that's true for adults and for children. So we know that life has ups and downs, ups and downs. It has roadblocks. You know, that's just how life is. So if you can't say to yourself, well, how I respond to that is going to actually be whether I'm successful or unsuccessful. I can either get down on myself, think negative thoughts, not take positive actions and not succeed, feel terrible, not good for me, not good for anybody around me, or I can self-regulate in a positive way. So that's why self-regulation, we have to be careful. It's not just self-regulate. And that's why I added in a way that is beneficial for me and for others around me, because you think about it. I'm going to use a challenging example here, but I think it's important to point out. So children who have eating disorders are really good at regulating their behavior, but not to their benefit and not to the benefit of those around them. So we have to remember it's that internal compass as well to the, to the benefit of myself and to the benefit of others around me, right? This regulation, because not eating and becoming anorexic is very good self-regulation, but not a good outcome. It's good self-regulation. You're regulating yourself very well. You're not eating, right? But does it help you? No. And does it help those around you? No. It just brings stress to you, sickness to you, and to everyone who loves you and is around you. So when we say self-regulation, we want it to have a positive bent. I regulate my emotions so I am happier. I regulate my behaviours so I'm healthier and I can support those around me. I regulate my thoughts so my psychological well-being can support other people's psychological well-being when I interact with them socially. So managing impulses and regulating behaviours. I don't want to do my assignment. I'd rather keep gaming, mum. Exactly. Now that's what we hear every day. I don't want to do my homework. I don't want to do my assignment. I don't want to make my bed. I don't want to... I don't do anything. It's so much more fun to game, to text, to be on social media, to do, you know, all those things. Now, obviously, it's really important to self-regulate in the sense that we have breaks, we look after ourselves, we have time down. But we also have to ask, well, what's the impact? What's the impact of not self-regulating to do my homework, to do my research, to do my assignment? And the answer is, I'm not going to proceed or to go well at school. I'm not going to be able to go into perhaps the area that I want to go into, regardless of what area I want to go into. Um, We have to learn. We have to understand. We have to practice. So this is where helping our children self-regulate to go, I'm not going to touch the computer until I do my homework. I'm not going to go on social media until I finish that assignment. We can see that that regulating our behavior is going to make a big difference in being able to not only do that at school, but then at work, right? We know so many employers say, you know, everyone's on the phone, right? They're texting and Facebooking and they're not getting their work done. Why? Because self-regulation not there, yeah. right? And I remember, you know, teaching at uni, um, I would have hundreds and hundreds of students in my lectures and I'd have to ask them to put their phones in their bag because otherwise I'm giving a lecture and they're texting and Facebooking and you know having a great time but not actually present to what they were learning so you can see how self-regulation for my own benefit for my own future for my own learning leave the gaming to when it's time for downtime and take time to learn to study 
And the way you know parents can achieve that is by doing small snippets. So saying, look, half an hour of your homework and then you can have 15 minutes on you know, the phone or outside or whatever it is you do. Let's go back now, half an hour. So those small manageable bites um, or when you've got really young children, maybe five minutes of reading or 10 minutes, right? And then you can go and, you know, do Just Dance or whatever it is you do. So that's, that's really important. I'm saying that because my son and I have, <laughs> have an agreement on that. If he's done X amount of homework, we do a Just Dance challenge. I <laughs> love I it. Still, I can tell you I can still beat him. Oh, that's awesome. I want to see a live video of that next time on your Facebook, oh, yeah. please. <laughs> that's got to be on your socials for sure. So like an example of emotional self-regulation would be, you know, kids not wanting the dinner, them wanting something like ice cream instead. Um, what What's the sort of, what should we do there? What's What's the reason behind that? So in terms of emotion, it's really important to understand that, first of all, all emotions are okay. Every emotion's okay. We don't want to, you know, tell our children that being sad or being angry or being frustrated or being jealous or being anything is not okay. That's going to happen, right? So if something really bad happens, and you cry, that's a very normal, natural reaction. If someone hurts you and you feel really angry and vengeful, that's a normal reaction, right? However, we don't need to act on those reactions and we need to be able to say, all right, yes, I feel angry. Yes, I feel sad. Yes, I feel frustrated. Yes, I feel whatever I feel. But how long do I want to hang on to that? How long do I want to be angry? How long do I want to be sad? How long do I want to be frustrated? How long do I want to be vengeful, right? How long do I want to be jealous, right? So this is why, remember, self-regulation is, first of all, awareness. And when you start to become aware, you go, well, it doesn't feel very nice for a start. None of those feelings feel very good. So when you say, am I hurting myself? Well, yes, you are. Think about the, the you know, emotions in your body in terms of the chemicals and that's what's going on your heart's racing you're really angry you're really hot you can't think clearly that's not a nice state to be in right so you've got to say to yourself well okay I'm seeing that I'm angry whatever so awareness is first and then the second thing is well what strategies do I have in place to regulate that internal regulation now when we're really little we need external help so that's why when a child has a tantrum and they're small you know, you go up, you cuddle, you say it's okay, everything will be all right, we can figure this out. You help them because, see, when they're really little, they don't have, and we'll talk about brain development at some stage through this talk, but when they're really little, they don't have those skills, just like, you know, you don't give them Harry Potter to read, right, when they're little. <laughs> you learn A, 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 B, 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 one, two, three, four, right? Same thing with emotional regulation. We demonstrate it, we show it, right? But eventually we need to teach our children self-regulation, whether that is, you know, when you get, when you start to feel really hot, you might have to stop and take a breath. You might have to walk away. You might have, I mean, I love glass of water. It cools you right down, right? Changes the temperature. Yep, yep. <laughs> and you're hydrating, win-win, right? All good. So emotional regulation is first recognising the emotion and second accepting that 
I have got that emotion. It's normal to have that emotion. But how long do I want to have it for? And is it actually helping me or the other people around me? So that's where emotional regulation comes in. Yeah, I love that. And I think the naming of that emotion that you're feeling is is really great to articulate as well. I love that. Great advice. Now, what about psychological well-being? Because obviously, you know, many of us... um, play things over and over and over and over and over in our minds um you know especially um you know women if something's happened and at work or at uh, home and you know you wake up in the middle of the night you're still thinking about it now children are just the same uh have you got any tips and advice for looking after our psychological well-being and how we can self-regulate that absolutely if we know anything about our brains we know that whatever you practice you get good at So if you want to practice getting good at complaining, good at going over and over and over and over again, the problem, keep going because you will, right? That's why we practice times tables, two, two, the four, you know, nine, six is a 54, so that it's an instant recall. So if you want to practice being negative, that's going to harm your psychological well-being. There is no doubt about it. The way to look at it is to think if I've got a problem or I'm in a situation that's problematic and I think about the problem, think about the problem, evaluate it this way, evaluate it that way, ring up my friend and tell them about it, who then tells me about their problems as well. Then we get on a joint call with everybody else. Then we get onto Facebook and guess what? There's people who've got that problem on there too. And then, of course, we get home, we complain to our partner and they've got that problem as well. So where in there have you seen a solution? Nowhere, nowhere, Nowhere. no solution. So when we go over and over and over the problem, we don't have the possibility of solution. Now, really, we want to get to the solution, right? That's really what we want to do. We don't want to live our days in problems. So if you think about a record, a record goes round and round and round and plays the same track. If you don't move it to the next track, you've got the same track. So problem, 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 no, skip. (laughs) Hmm, I wonder what I could do to solve this. I wonder who I could call that would bring me down to thinking about solutions or ideas. I wonder, I wonder, just I wonder is enough to break that I'm in the problem and I've already started to look for the solution. So you see problem happens here, I wonder happens there, solutions happen there and success happens there but if you stay here you never get there Mm. so that's what psychological well-being is it's about resilience it's about saying I accept that life will not always be easy I, I don't know anybody who has an easy life every single day that hasn't been sad or angry or upset hasn't had something go wrong hasn't had their dreams you know, dashed for whatever reason, for whatever. I don't know anybody like that. So resilient psychological well-being is all about being able to say, well, I accept that things aren't exactly how I would like them now. I could complain and complain and complain and stay here or I could look for some solutions. I could get some help. I could talk to people who want to get me out of here rather than staying in here. So I really say to you, be careful who you call when you've got a problem. It's really lovely to be able to vent. Sure, very good, get it out. But then does your friend say, okay, I hear you. 
that's not good. If you had a bleeper, I'd say that's right. <laughs> but beep, beep, that's boop. But what are we going to do now? How are we going to fix this? How are we going to move forward? Are we just going to accept it and move on? Are we going to, is there something we need to say? Is there something we need to do? Is there some focus we need to have? Is there some tool we need to, what is, what are we going to need to do to get over this? And it's the same thing with our children. When our children hear from us, like uh, sometimes my son will say, you know, are you okay, mum? And they'll say, you know what? Not today. I'm not feeling the best or I had something happen today. Um, and this is what it was. And I say, but don't worry, right? So this has happened to me, but don't worry because, as you know, your mum's very resilient. Your mum knows how to change her emotions. Your mum knows how to find solutions. And I will find a solution to this too, right? So expressing to our children that we are psychologically resilient, right? expressing you know today I'm sad because I did this and that happened I'm angry because I did I didn't do this and that happened I'm you know disappointed because right but I'm going to take some time out I'm going to go for a walk I'm going to drink a glass of water and I'm going to pick myself up and I'm going to get right back to it so that's what psychological resilience is not being okay all the time but knowing the journey from not okay to okay again yep. and that's that's what we want for our children and for ourselves the journey I love it so have you got you've given us so much advice already but any parents listening right now going you know what I really need to help my child work on their self-regulation whether it's their emotional self-regulation or their psychological self-regulation or the behavioral self-regulation and all the other regulations What's the advice for parents listening right now that are like, I've got some work to do on myself, but also on my, my, you know, I need to support my kids here. Yeah. So a lot of people think that they can go from naught to a hundred in one go. And we, what we really need to know is that just like when we teach our children, I'll keep coming back to um, academics. And the reason why I do that is because we're so familiar with it. We know when we've got a baby, we start talking to them and sharing ideas with them and singing to them and repeating things back. And little by little, then they like, oh, hang on a sec. They look at a number on a letterbox and go, mm, nine. Yes, that's nine. Or they find a, you know, a letter the alphabet and you go, A. And you're like, yes. And then it becomes the, and then it becomes, right? So the point I'm trying to make here is that it's the same with all of these regulations. When your children are really little and you want them to have behavioural regulation, you might say to them, this is a little workbox for you and I'm going to put a timer on and we're going to have a timer for five minutes and I'm going to get you to open the box, to work on the puzzle, to, you know, for young children, right? So they've got a five-minute timer and then you go, you did that so well. I think it's five minutes is not enough. You focused so well on that. Let's make it seven minutes, not 15 or 25, like, you know, small incremental changes. Same thing with your teenager with homework. You know, if they're really resistant, you can go five minutes of math, one question, just do one question. And what tends to happen is once you've done that one question successfully, it's so much easier to get into 10 minutes and 15 minutes. Just bring, bring it up incrementally. Um, so that would be behavioural regulation where you're getting them to focus on their homework. Um, if it was like, for example, 
making their bed every morning, instead of yelling, have you made your bed? And going into the room and going, you haven't made your bed again. <laughs> what about standing in the doorway or let's make your bed together. Let's get up and make your bed together. Now that's quicker than screaming, coming, screaming again, and then walking away and still not having it done, right? So get that habit going together, that behavior. So, or like what we what we do, I as soon as we get out of bed, we make the bed straight away. Different habits for different people. Sure, that's just our habit. And I'll be like, sweetie, uh, mum's making her bed now. Is your bed getting made or do you need a hand over there? What's happening over there? The bed getting made, you know? So it's it's about practicing, practicing, practice together and then doing it. In terms of emotional regulation, saying calm down is not going to cut it. What does calm down mean? Seriously, Brie, if you're upset and I say to you, calm down, what are you going to do? You're going to be really angry, right? That means I didn't listen to you. I didn't care about you, you know? So first things first, we listen, right? We listen. Tell me what's happening. Tell me, tell me. Because, you know, once you've gone, <laughs> usually you're like, hmm, it doesn't feel so bad now. Now that I've said it, right, i got to Yeah, there's no calming body. down. There's no calming down. <laughs> yeah. And then you can say, all right, so what are we going to do next? Are we going to take a breath? Are we going to walk away? Are we going to lie down? Would you like a glass of water? What are we going to do? to calm down so we've heard everything we know it's not good we've empathized oh that's so oh I can see how upset you are that's no good so if you said to me a problem and I said oh tell me right and I listened quietly and I went oh that's no good I can see you're so upset right you'd be like oh she heard me and she listened to me and I go hey would you like a cuppa would that make you feel better would you like to think about some solutions would you like to go for a walk with me or is it too early do you want to have a bit more of a stew and then come back to me later. Like, do you see what I mean? Like all these yep. nice little options. So we want to teach our children, share, empathize, and then resolve. Like what's the next step? Let's resolve this. Let's get to the to the good part. So how will this benefit me and the others around me? Yeah, I love that. That's a beautiful, beautiful way to put it. Any parting advice for parents listening right now? Well, before we leave the whole thing, <laughs> I really like to talk about brain development. Just yeah. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, when you've got a baby, you don't say, get up, get up and walk over there. Because we know the babies don't walk, right? But we say to our children, you know, regulate your emotions, regulate your behaviours, regulate your um, uh, psychological well-being, your thoughts, right? We say that. But can they really? Especially you started this session saying to me, there are many adults who don't do that, right? So why would we have the expectation that children, young children, teenagers, and even early adults, like in their early 20s, would be able to do that? And the answer is, it lies in understanding brain development. From the time we're conceived to the time we take our last breath, our brain can develop and change. That is an important thing to understand that while your children from baby to toddler to primary school to high school, their brain development is happening in this what's called the prefrontal cortex, just behind here. You know when they do something and you go like that? Mm -hmm. Well, that's reminding you 
that that part of their brain, which is the control centre or the regulating centre that regulates emotions, behaviours, that helps them predict what will happen if they do that thing, that doesn't develop fully. It develops over time. It doesn't develop fully for, for girls between the ages of early 20s. Yes, you're hearing me correctly. Early 20s to mid 20s. And for boys, <laughs> and we all know it's a bit later, right? We all know that mid 20s to late 20s. And it's nothing to do with gender. It's just to do with physiology, right? So I'm not being gender bias here. It's gender physiology bias. And, and so we know that you know, our boys are less mature than our girls. We've said that. Everyone says that, right? And that's not true for everybody, but that's in general. That's what we know when we look at it. So that's why our teenagers make dumb decisions, right? That's why they're very risky because their prefrontal cortex, they're like, you know, when parents often say, if your friends jumped off a cliff, would you jump off a cliff too? I heard that so many times from my parents, right? <laughs> so did I, so yeah, did right, I. Right? And that's a really not a good question to ask because you know what the answer is? Ah, uh, yes, I would. And that's exactly what they do because they're not thinking, oh, my gosh, if I jump off the cliff, you know, the cliff diving and stuff, there might be rocks down there. I might crack my skull. I might not be able to get back up. I might, you know, turn myself into a quadriplegic or die. They're not thinking that. They're thinking, whoa, let's go. Face jumping. Let's do it. Exactly. So... Every time you think of self-regulation, please think when my daughter is about mid-20s and when my son is about late 20s, they'll be able to get this down pat and all the way through I need to support them. That's going to make life a lot easier. We're not going to ask the questions of why are you not managing your emotions? Why are you not managing your thoughts? Why are you not managing your behaviours? Well, because I can't. Yep. Right? And that makes it, you know, so always remember, whenever you're thinking about kids, you go, you go, oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Brain development. But they're not watching us on YouTube right now. It's the slapping of the head when you just go, oh, my God, and you want to slap your forehead. That's when you've got to remember. That's that's our new anchor. Oh, yeah, I forgot. She said brain development, early, early, mid-20s, late-20s. All right. My job right now is to help with the self-regulation. Yep. I love it. That's your anchor, parents, when you want to slap your head. That's when you've got to remember, right? I've slapped my head. That's right. My child's brain and likely my husband's brain and likely my brain is not fully developed right now. <laughs> yeah. So, so basically be gentle, go gentle. When you've got the knowledge, you're in a much better position to make good decisions. Yeah. So that's all it is. Whenever we, and I know, you know, a lot of people say, oh, what's your advice, Dr. Rosina? What's, you know, what would you suggest here? And I always say, you know, it's not my job to advise you. My job is to, as a parent educator, to give you the information, the ideas, the strategies that you can then implement in your home. Because only you know your children, only you know your capabilities, only you know what's going to work in your home. So really, I just want to give you a platter. Oh, I like that slap thing. And I like that. I like that you know, have a glass of water thing and I like that and I'm going to do all that in my home. So be gentle, be kind, learn more because the more you know, the better you're going to be and the better your children will be as well. And, you know, go easy on yourself and go easy on the kids. 
Yeah, I love that. Beautiful parting message. Where can our listeners go for some more information if they want to know more about you? Because you have all the things. Dr. Rosen is amazing. So she can talk to your school. Um, do She does speaking gigs all around, um, all everywhere, really. Anyone, anyone wants to have her globally, even she'll be there. But uh, what about our listeners? Where can they go and find you for more information? So if you are interested in particularly, you know, material as a parent yourself I've got ebooks which are the life skills ones which teach about emotional regulation self-esteem all of that so you can use the ebooks which give you step-by-step guides of how to help your children um, and that's at drrosina.com that's drrosina.com but if you google Rosina McAlpine you'll find me um, and if you want to know if you if you're interested in my parenting course that's there as well but as Brie, as you said, I also do programs for schools and I also do programs for workplaces. So if you've got a workplace that could do with some parent education where the workplace pays for it and not you, um, go to winwinparenting.com and that's where you'll find all our workplace programs. So thank you. Love it. Thank you so much, Dr. Rosina, for being on the show again. We always love having you write in our magazine and write blogs for our website and uh, be on our podcast. So thank you so much for being back again. Thank um, you. For everyone, I hope you love this episode as much as we enjoyed pulling it together for you. Uh, remember, any important links that we mentioned can be found in the show notes. But uh, thank you so much, Dr. Rosina, for being back on the show. And until next time, everyone, happy parenting. And remember to tell everyone you heard it on PacMag. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you want to be an expert guest or you've got a weird, wacky or wonderful product to share, don't be shy. Get in contact with our team at info at pacmag.com.au. This podcast is proudly produced by PacMag. You can listen to more episodes on our website, pacmag.com.au.